talking to myself. Oh, God. I, mean, I thought it was interesting. <gasps> <laughs> and I had clicked away too. Now neither one of us is ready. <laughs> okay. Oh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me Smart. I'm Kimberly Adams. And we try to make today make sense, but neither one of us really have our lives together, so it doesn't always work. Jake, Jake, <laughs> Jake freaking Cherry, man. Good God. I'm Kai Rizdal. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the YouTube live stream. Uh, there is the Discord going. If you're listening to this on the podcast later, well, thank you for that as well. Economics on Tap is what we do on a Friday. Uh, we'll do some news um, and then play a little half full, half empty. Uh, and we'll also do an audience poll, I think, for the last one on the live stream. I think, Bridget, is yes, that's what she said? Yes, the last of them. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, what are you drinking, if anything? Uh, I am drinking coffee with Bailey's uh, in oh, my very nice. mug. Yes, because I am going out tonight, even though I'm tired, and so I have to rally. And so rally. coffee with Bailey's. Got to rally. Got to rally. Gotta what rally. about you? And, and then once you start drinking, you got to keep drinking. Sorry, I'm just keeping an eye on, mm, on the dog. Always. We've got a dog with an infected butt. Not always. All right. Uh, I'm drinking I'm sorry, my standard dog with an uh, infected stone what? FML. Well, so it's Willow, and she's – so the other day oh. we noticed, like, this raised spot on her – sorry, just checking – front right paw. And she was mm -hmm. licking it crazily. Uh, so we took her mm -hmm. to the vet this morning. My wife took her to the vet. And she's just got some kind of rash, but she's licking, licking, licking it. And my job now, while my wife's out running some errands, is much like a newborn to keep an eye on Willow so that um, she doesn't keep licking her paw. Otherwise, we have to put the cone on her, and nobody wants the cone of shame on their dog. Nobody Especially the, the dogs shame. don't want the cone of shame. So I just have to keep She's sitting out there in the grass doing a good job, but I just need to keep mm. looking from time to time. If people wonder on the live stream uh, why I'm looking. So that's what I'm doing. Yes. That's what I'm doing. So you said you were having an uh, FML IPA, I believe, uh, was FML. what you said? My, my, my standard FML double IPA on a Friday afternoon, served in a 19-ounce can, because, you know, it's Friday, so who cares? It's Friday. Oh, and by the way, someone else is with yes. you on the drinks equals cocktails, and drinks not yes. being just drinks generically. Y you know why? Because that's right. That's the way it is. It's not he beverages, says if it's you're drinks. If you're going out for drinks, you're not going out for beers. Hmm. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly hmm. right. Whoever that person is. All right. Shall we move yes. on before people know yes, too much about me? Before we, yes. All right. You go first. Oh, but go. everyone wants to know about you. All right. Well, I've got two. Uh, <laughs> the first one is actually a little bit of a preview for Monday uh, when the Supreme Court is going to be in its upcoming session. Hearing yeah. a case related to the Clean Water Act and the EPA's ability, the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to exert Clean Water Act authority in different considerations. Now, this is a case of Sackett versus the EPA, and Roll Call uh, has this piece. And the case centers on a longstanding argument over the definition of waters of the U.S., a term included oh, yeah. in the act to describe which bodies of water are subject to federal oversight. So basically, people are saying that once it's on private land, that the jurisdiction of the Clean Water Act should not apply, and therefore all these EPA rules. And the U.S. government's argument is that since all these waters are connected, what you do on water, you know, with water, mm -hmm. It, on your private land, if it flows into water on public lands, you know, it, it affects, it's under the jurisdiction. This is going to be a really interesting case because this particular court 
has drastically reduced government the the sort of regulatory authority of several government agencies already saying that they are going to defer to a limited role of these government agencies in exerting oversight in private lands except for when it comes to illegal uh, except for when it comes to uh, search and seizure and you know federal agents mm -hmm. crossing into your property but anyway uh and so you know, it will be very interesting to watch. It's a big environmental case, so uh, worth keeping an eye on next week. Go for oh, it, Kai. Sorry, I thought you. I, th I thought you had more. I was just going to say this is one of those that's uh, all about the administrative state, which is how regulations mm -hmm. in this country that run the economy and the environment and keep things the way um, uh, they should be running. Just in not even should be, but just running work and so it's just another notch in the whole administrative state thing which i just i find it if if i were going to be a law professor right now actually administrative law would be the place to be and i can't believe i just said that so whatever anyway you know anyway you, you contain legions it's okay <laughs> that's right okay so i've got two one's um kind of interesting just in a in a in a huh social and and uh, cultural life of the United States kind of thing. And the other one is uh, a little more in depth. So uh, Trevor Noah announced last night that he's going to leave The Daily Show after seven years. Um, and Frank Pallotta, who I think is at The Washington Post, I could be wrong. I would click on this, but then I would lose it. Uh, no, he's at <laughs> CNN. Sorry, he's an entertainment reporter at CNN. He, he retweeted uh, the CNN's tweet on this about the news with this comment. If you need an example of how TV has evolved in just 10 years, right? Noah's been there for seven years. Trevor Noah is leaving The Daily Show, one of the most notable shows in late night, to do more stand-up and touring. And I just think that's a really interesting observation on, on that slice of pop culture, the late night slice of pop culture, and the fact that Trevor Noah now thinks He's had a platform. It's been a really good platform for him. He's made uh, lots of news, right, as you do on late nights with that kind of platform. But he's leaving it to do stand-up and touring because, number one, he could probably make more money there. But number two, arguably, he's going to be able to have more impact as television is on the decline. That's, hmm. what, I, that's what I think is so fascinating about this. I saw him actually do a stand-up thing once. He was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. He talked about South Africa. He talked about growing up. He talked about cultural uh, humor here in the state it was he was so good um and i just i just as a as an observation of the changing nature of our media that was a huge one i thought totally fascinating highly recommend going to see trevor now sorry i'm just looking at will well um, and as yeah. uh ahead, sarah schlosser is saying in the tweet uh not in the tweet goodness gracious too many social media platforms in the youtube I chat know. uh she points out that robin williams always preferred stand-up because he couldn't be censored and i wonder just like how yeah. much it's such a big platform but the shackles of it being on a show yeah. a network show on broadcast television you know there's a lot of stuff that you can't say that you might want to say yep. and yep. It would be very interesting, and and yes, as Althea points out in the YouTube chat, the money is going to be wild. I mean, Kevin Hart is one of yeah. the most successful uh, actors and you know acts in Hollywood and and in the country from doing all these stand up specials. I mean, mm -hmm. he makes so much money, mm -hmm. so much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What's your uh, other I one? Because I had a second one too. Sorry. Oh well, then you go ahead, and then I'll. Well, sorry. Let me just say this one more thing about about Trevor Noah. I think it would be really, and, and who the hell knows what the lords of, of 
Comedy Central are going to do. But this is an opportunity to get some representation and some diversity in late night, which, as we know, is except for Trevor Noah and Samantha Bee until she got canceled, all white dudes. You know? Yeah. Wait. All right, anyway, go ahead. What's your no. second one? And then I'll climb in. What? Is that true, though? I thought there was somebody else. I don't know. There, I, there I is. I think there was. I'm not sure if she's still there, but she was like late, late night. She was like 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning or something. And I'm embarrassed that yeah. I don't know her name. Anyway. Uh, okay. My other one is about a report out from Health and Human Services. Uh, so whenever an administration actually pushes some legislation through, they tend to try to highlight all of the ways once it's done that it's helping people, right? And so one of the ways yep. that they do this is by putting out press releases through various government agencies saying, here's a problem and this is why we had to do this and this is what fixes it. So uh, the headline on the Department of Health and Human Services press release, new HHS reports illustrate potential positive impact of the Inflation Reduction Act on prescription drug prices, which is that fingers crossed, we hope this new legislation mm -hmm. will address this. What is the right. this? It's the fact that more than 1,200 prescription drugs rose in price faster than the rate of inflation in the last year. But And I'm going to read from the summary that's in the Hill. Mm -hmm. Between July 2021 and July 2022, the prices for 1,216 drugs rose more than the 8.6% rate of inflation, with these products having an average price increase of 31.6%. The prices for some drugs rose by more than 500% in 2022. And there's a common antifungal medicine that saw an increase of 1,101% with the price of one 150 milligram tablet rising from $2 to $28. Yeah, uh, for the life of me, I don't understand why the the government is prevented by Congress from negotiating for better drug prices. I, for the life of me. I mean, yes, I understand big but wait. and all of that jazz, but go ahead, what? I believe that was part of the Inflation Reduction Act, though, right? There's yeah. some yeah, it was. It part was. of it um, that they are going to be and, able and, to and negotiate you know, sorry. now. And, and you know what the biggest part of that was? You remember that um, Alzheimer's drug that you brought up as, as a news item mm -hmm. a year ago, maybe? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Be, being able to negotiate that one down was a huge part of the the actual overall decrease. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking uh, back through this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I just several want to get this one out there. Right. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Several no, 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 provisions ahead, in gonna, the Inflation Reduction Act addressed drug pricing, including allowing the Secretary of HHS to negotiate prices in Medicare Parts B and D for selected medications and introducing Medicare rebates for drug prices that, that rise faster than inflation. These provisions may impact future drug spending trends. Right. Right. Uh, okay, sorry, back to the previous item. Number one, uh, Michael points out that uh, Chelsea Handler had a late, 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 late night show, but also mm -hmm. several people have pointed out that uh, I'm thinking of Lily Singh as the woman who had uh, a late night show, which I mm -hmm. don't know if is still there or not. But anyway, just want to give props to, to those who think about that. Uh, okay. Okay. So we're all over the place. Yeah. So my yeah, we are kind of all over the place, and I'm going to take us someplace completely different now. So Jason Leopold is a reporter at Insider, um, and he okay. does a whole lot of FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, 
uh, in which you can get from the government information that we are supposed to know when the government doesn't try to improperly withhold them from us or delay them or what have you for a very long time. And they do that. Anyway, so Jason Leopold, sorry, very quick hobby horse moment here. Jason Leopold, about three days ago, released the results of a Freedom of Information Act request on um, on uh, reports that had surfaced at the time but were never confirmed about Donald Trump when he was president, right, making a trip to Tokyo and ordering USS John S. McCain out of his sight when he got to USS Wasp, which is uh, the, the warship on which Trump was going to do something. So read that one. Google Jason Leopold and look him up on Twitter, and he's got some great FOIA results. Anyway, today, Jason dropped uh, a FOIA result that he had gotten of a transcript of an off-the-record conversation that Barack Obama had with White House reporters three days before Obama left office. Okay? So this is January 17th-ish of, um, uh, of 2017, right? Uh, and Obama is having a conversation off the record with a bunch of reporters. And here's what Obama says. I, 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 we're going to put this whole thread in the show notes because it's really so interesting and revealing. But Obama says, the fact of the matter is that the media is not credible in the public eye now. What that means, the one piece of advice I'd give this table is focus. I think if you're jumping after every insult or terrible thing or a bit of rudeness that he's doing, he being Trump, and just chasing that, I think there's a little bit of three-card Monty here that you have to be careful about. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. Just want to get that out there. All y'all should read it's this It's almost whole like it was all entirely predictable. Almost. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Anyway, history all is wild right, in recent history. Yes. All right. So we're going to do something else now. Okay, I'm super excited because we are going to play our typical Friday game, half full, half empty. But because Drew is out, we have a new host stepping in, our Marketplace Tech producer, Daniel Shin. Hey, Daniel. Hello. Daniel. Hi there. What's going Daniel on? Daniel has Dude, the man, best got, radio just, voice ever. Oh. I was just going to say, you got you got the pipes, man. I don't know what you're doing producing. you got to be on the other uh, side. I, I'm too lazy for for this side. <laughs> Uh, oh, come on. This, you, is the, this is the easiest job in broadcast. No, right? I, like, honestly. You're talking? Come on. Well, I keep it. Like, honestly, being on air is, I find it exhausting. And you guys, <laughs> it must be exhausting well, for you, I think. So, Fair enough. Fair, Not when we get to enough. listen to you, anyway, Daniel. So what's the first one? That's right. Well, the first one comes from a listener, Jeff in Austin, Texas. And he writes, Kai, Kimberly. Jeff. Are you half full or half empty? on the 10-year hitting 4% by Halloween. Thanks for oh. making us smart. So super quick, bond rates have been rising. The yield on the 10-year T-note is somewhere around 3.7-ish percent today. Let's remember that two years ago at the height of the pandemic, it was at 0.5%. That is the government could money, borrow money for 10 years and pay a half percent interest. Now it's paying three and, you know, 0.8%, something like that. Uh, I'm half full. It's absolutely going to happen. Bond rates are going up. The Fed's going to keep hiking. Global banks are going to keep hiking. Forget the Bank of England. It's absolutely going to happen. Money's getting more expensive. I'm going to default to what you said and go half full. 
And um, oh, and don't forget everybody who's listening on who's watching the live stream that we are going to have an interactive bit of this at the end. So make sure that you're watching and, and ready to engage in our last half full, half empty. Uh, yes. But what's the next one? Moving on. Yeah. Half full or half empty. In California, companies will be required to publish salaries and job postings. Mm-hmm. Pay transparency. All the way full. full. Yeah. All the all way the full. All the way full. All the way full. Because it's the range, full isn't stop. it? The top and the bottom? Yeah. 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 And, 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 and look, if, if you're ever in a, if you're ever in a, in a negotiation about pay, make your would-be boss put a number on the table first, just for the record. Just, hello, JJ, you're just saying. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. Never mind. Forget I said that. I'm, Bridget, I'm kidding. You can leave that in, but oh, my God. <laughs> yes, and other people are pointing out that Colorado was already doing this. I believe New yeah, York said yeah. today that they were going to be joining in. And, I mean, this is really yeah. an equity thing because this, you know, women, people of color tend to not uh, yeah. be paid the same amount, and this has a lot of research behind it showing that when you know what the range is ahead of time, those pay gaps really do shrink. So good on it. Yeah. All True. right. Yep. Pretty yeah. straightforward. Next one, dear to my heart, probably dear to Kimberly's heart as well. Half full or half empty, NASA deflecting asteroids with gentle nudges. Oh, gentle that was nudges. not a We're gentle gonna crash nudge. a rocket into you and call it a gentle <laughs> nudge. 14,000 miles an hour. Boom. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm half full. I mean, that was so exciting to watch. And it seemed, I mean, we'll see what the actual orbital impact is on the asteroid. But I thought it was just a very cool experiment. The fact that they were able to navigate it uh, and, and hit it successfully. And, you know, hopefully that wasn't like the one spot where there was like alien life actually living in our universe that we did that <laughs> that's where my, oh my brain God. went could, <laughs> could you calculate you the odds on that that one little like, asteroid is the spot well we hit it sorry oh my, my God. bad oh my God. no but half yeah. full that was really cool what'd you think yeah no I'm, I'm totally half full although i will say i was kind of underwhelmed by the the live presentation of it because what you saw was rocks getting bigger rocks getting bigger rocks getting bigger and then the screen went i guess it was red but about what like a day or a day and a half ago nasa came out with um uh images from i think it was the james webb space telescope and something else of the impact and those were super cool because scientists are now studying the ejecta and way it the way mm -hmm. it happened right sort of the the smashing together and where the you know the spray went and that to me is super mm -hmm. cool yeah so that is really cool i uh i i actually loved the rocks getting closer and closer because like at first it was just like darkness with a little speck and yeah. speck getting bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah i don't know that we've seen at any point real-time imagery of like traveling through space like that yeah, because fair. usually we'll see you know something taking off right and then sort of the cgi representation of what it's like moving through space but what we were seeing yep. is like you know from the deck of the enterprise view you know of right actually right. moving through space which i thought was really cool super cool okay super cool Daniel, next. Mm -hmm. Next one, half full or half empty. LeBron James is buying a professional pickleball team. 
Pickleball is so big. First of all, there is a national pickleball league. I frankly could not tell you what pickleball is other than it's something like tennis, but with paddles and a slightly smaller court. I will also tell you that in my little suburban Los Angeles town, it is a subject of great civic strife. But LeBron James is buying in. I mean, you know, he's a reasonably savvy guy. Sure, half full, whatever. I've read a couple of articles about like giant pickleball fights and like retirement communities and things like that. And I have multiple people in my life who've been like, oh, pickleball's great. You should come and join and I'll teach you how to play pickleball. And you know, it seems fun. I'm not the most athletic of persons, uh, but I appreciate that everybody loves it. So for the fact that it brings many people that I know joy, I'm gonna go half full. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Daniel, right. I believe that's uh, your cue. Yes. Uh, last one. Okay, uh, so this is wait, the last is it, wait, one so everybody wait, sorry, gets to vote. Mm-hmm. If this is the last one, if you're on the live stream, you get to vote. And I'm going to assume we have a mechanism to do that. I don't even know, but Bridget's in charge of that, and she's going to help us out. Indeed. Right. Anyway, yes. Okay. So I think it's going to show up on the YouTube okay. chat. But anyway... Go for it, Daniel. So yeah, related to the poll, this is just in time for today's release of the movie Hocus Pocus 2. Half <gasps> full or half empty. This <laughs> might be, Kai, you might want to brace yourself, watching scary movies in October. So first of oh. all, shut up. <laughs> Second of all, Hocus Pocus 2? What was Hocus Pocus 1? <gasps> what? Bette Midler, what? Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, like the, oh, and I'm so sorry, I forgot the other lady's name, but she was wonderful in the movie also. But uh, it was a this Disney movie in either the 90s or the early 2000s with these three witches. You've seen this in the zeitgeist, Kai, so, where these three witches, I, the Sanderson sisters, and they're brought back and going after children. I, I, okay, I have a vague vestigial memory of, of Bette Midler, like with some lipstick that made it like, you know, you know how. Yes, that's wanna... exactly the yeah, one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Have, that's have the no one. idea what the movie's about, but okay. All right. So they're, they've made a Hocus Pocus 2. Now, here's the problem with this half full or half empty. Hocus Pocus is not really a scary movie. And I am half empty on scary movies in general because I don't like that. But (laughs) sorry. What? Well, I get all kinds of grief from you and others about not liking scary movies, and here we go. Lo and behold, Kimberly Adams. No, I do not give you grief for not liking scary movies. I give you grief for not watching movies that I lovingly recommend to you. That's what I give you grief about. Well, which which in my mind are scary, and I will be true to my own soul. Thank you very much. Okay. So, I deeply enjoyed <laughs> I love, Hocus Pocus. I love the way you just went right by that one. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I will be watching Hocus Pocus 2. I also love this whole genre of, like, fake scary Halloween movies in general. Like, um, when I was a kid, I was watching all the Halloween Town movies and the Boogity Monster movies. My favorite one being The Worst Witch, if anybody's ever seen that. The woman who later played the lead, one of the lead roles in the movie The Craft was actually a little like child witch in the movie. It was very cute. Um, but so I'm half full on all those Halloween movies, half empty, though ultimately on watching scary movies in October because Oh, yes, Practical Magic, also a good one. But scary movies, half empty. And I'm guessing you're half empty in general, Kai. Uh, 
I'm half empty all the way around. I'm completely empty. I could not be more empty. I'm emptiness personified. I, I'm, just, I'm just empty. Just, you know. <laughs> all right, so okay. wait, all right, so wait. we, 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 we got to give the poll results. So, all right, I'm what sorry, are the poll results? The slack because I can't figure this out. So, no, Bridget, it's you're going to have to update this, chat. right? No, no, no. Well, it I says. I figure out how to get there. What do I do? All right, I can give you the results. Watching scary movies in October. Half full, 53%. Half empty, 46%. Poll complete with 202 votes. Thank you, everyone. I'd say that's that's within the margin of error and basically split, right? That's basically 50 Yeah. 50, right? Yeah, it's yeah. basically, basically. But, all right. All right. Well, great job, Daniel. Daniel, great job. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I, yes. I, I will point out that, that somebody in the chat said you ought to be DJing with that voice. So, you know, just you know, oh, in, in case all, you get bored of Marketplace. All my unlimited love to that one person. Uh, no one else, just that one person. <laughs> I'm going to put Daniel on blast. He used to be a professional broadcaster at one point, and you were a professional broadcaster in South Korea, right, Daniel? Uh, Yeah, yeah, years ago. But again, that's a whole different lifetime. Just want to also say, Kimberly. It's like riding a bike. But just also, um, I also watched that movie you mentioned. What's it? The the Littlest Witch. The Worst Witch. The Worst Witch. Fantastic. Fantastic Thank musical you. number from Thank Tim you. Curry in there as well. I recommend yes. everyone. Watch. Oh, Tim Curry's great. Yes. Tim Curry's great. Yes, there's an you, amazing you know what, musical you, number from Tim Curry. Did, didn't wasn't there just like the 50th anniversary of uh, God? What's that other one? Rocky Horror, right? Wasn't Tim Curry in that? Mm. Right. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Famously, yes. I do not know what anniversary. Speaking of cult, yeah, it was. <laughs> I think it was 50-ish, right? 72, 22. Yeah, anyway. All right. All right. Daniel, we've gone extra Daniel long Shin. today. Oh, balls. We have gone really long. What time is it? Oh, my God. Yes. It's almost 4 o'clock. All right. It's getting late. So, uh, we will do the obligatory thing right here, which is that um, we don't get to do this and have fun like this and drink beer and, and make fun of Daniel Shin and talk to each other without all y'all. <laughs> so, if you want to show your support for us, you can do that. Half Price Hoodie Weekend is still going strong. Um, we can do $8 a month. And we will thank you with a cozy new hoodie. They're usually 16 a month. So uh, they're going back there on Monday. So get in while you can is all I'm saying. Yes, and everybody needs some coziness, especially as things are starting to get chilly in most of the country. Not, I guess, where you are, Kai, where no, the weather never changes. <laughs> yeah. But we really yeah. would appreciate your support. You can... Uh, do that at marketplace.org slash give smart. You can also find a link in the show notes and we would be very, very grateful for your support. And that is it for our extra long show today. We will be back on Monday. <laughs> if you, we, we really went for it today. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have questions you want us to answer for our What Do You Want to Know Wednesday show on the economy, business, tech, or Daniel Shin's amazing voice, please send those our way. Totally. <laughs> Our email is makemesmartatmarketplace.org, or you can leave us a voice message, 508-827-6278. That is 508-U-letter-U-B-letter-B-S-M-A-R-T is where we are. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera. Today's episode was engineered by Jake Cherry, and our senior producer is Bridget Botner. Honestly, the amazing thing is we get paid for this, but that's a whole different thing. The team behind the YouTube live stream and our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune. The theme music was written by Drew Jostat. Daniel Shin sat in today. 
before us, the director of On Demand is Donna Tam, who I think was moderating the live stream comments. And oh my goodness, Donna, who said you could come and like, you know, intrude on our Friday? I'm just saying, boss lady. Yeah. <laughs> Donna gets to show wherever she likes. Well, she does. That's the beauty <laughs> of being a boss. Oh, look, there's Donna with the high kai. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.